best ever. We're going to talk about a lesson a little bit here this morning. It's got a good lesson. Amen. And uh, I won't keep you way past the time, I promise you. It's only about 10 after 11, so we'll still get out by 12. Um, love you today. Appreciate you. Let me say in advance, thank you, ladies, those of you that have responded to Sister Tammy and her family, uh, you know, preparing food and things of that nature. You'd be shocked how far that goes sometime. Uh, the impact it has, not only on that particular family. Uh, if, uh, it was brought to my attention, and I had somebody out of this community that came in the hardware store when Miss Chappell had passed away. Somebody that's not even uh, tied to this church or anything like that came in the hardware store and, and made mention, said, man, and made a statement about their son. And their son is a preacher. And their son had made the statement how he was just so impressed by this church. Amen. And the response in that time. Amen. With that family. And um, if we're not careful, some of this will slip away from us. And we, we may feel like it's really no ministry there. But there is. There is a great ministry there in the time, those times in their lives. And it don't only just impact. Again, let me re rehearse that. It don't only just impact the immediate family and those. But those is coming in, observing and watching. As they see the, your love being demonstrated by your actions. Amen. By your concern and care. So again, let me thank you again. Amen. For your mindfulness of that. Amen. And helping out in those times. And uh, just, uh, you know, kind word, card, flowers, food, uh, things of that nature. It goes a long way. Don't ever think. Amen. For sure, your Heavenly Father notices it. I promise you. Amen. Your pastor may miss it, but I promise you, your Heavenly Father will not. Amen. It's good to see all of you in the house of the Lord this morning. Come to worship with us and uh, join with us in magnifying Him. Us keep all of these in prayer. And uh, my, it's just good to see each one of you come to be with us. Hallelujah. To love the Lord and to magnify Him, to feel His touch and His presence with us today. Praise God. Amen. I won't try to be too lengthy here, but uh, we have got a, a beautiful lesson. It's the beginning of a new series. Anybody don't have a new Sunday school book? We got some Sunday school books uh, right here. Sunday school books. We got some Sunday school books. Hey, we can get somebody to pass them out if you want to. Brother, why don't you do that right quick? Uh, anybody that way, somebody maybe back there not want, wanting to uh, take a chance and get up, whatever. A few more over here, and we want them all to, to be honest with you. Hey, man, they cost you know, a pretty good penny. We'd like for them to be used, and uh, so we want you to get them. Hey, man, a lot of times, you know, I may not even touch a lot of what's written in those, and so it gives you an opportunity to read uh, through them, and uh, to get maybe even more in depthness, because uh, they use a lot of terms, especially when they start getting that Hebrew and Greek stuff. And uh, if you're if you're you're one of those you can really handle that, uh, you'll you'll get a lot more depthness than you will from me. All right, sorry, I apologize for that. And when I get to heaven, God help me, I'll start pronouncing all those words better, and we'll do better. I'm just glad, Amen, Hallelujah. Because I, I tell some oh man, you gotta have the Holy Ghost pronounce some of those names, because you're speaking in tongues, buddy. Hallelujah. But anyway, God knows. I'm sure glad I didn't name none of mine that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, some of those names I'm thinking, Lord have mercy. But uh, even today, even today. But you know what? I'm glad that the Lord used a name for Jesus. <laughs> Man, pretty, pretty basic, simple, but powerful. Powerful. Easy, easy to call on. And when you call on it by faith, hallelujah, believing. And that's really what our lesson's about today, amen. It's, it's actually dealing with the identity of Jesus and who he was as God manifest in the flesh. And when he talks about without controversy, uh, controversy, amen, the key verse is going to be found in 1 Timothy 3, 16, 14 through 16, but 16 is the focus verse. And um, this, this is what it's lacking. I believe the lesson I'm going to talk about a little bit today, amen, is, uh, is a must that you must believe to be saved you got to believe that Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. you got to believe He's the Lamb. you got to believe He's the Messiah. you got to believe that He conquered death. you got to believe there was a resurrection. And then you got to experience that resurrection for yourself through Jesus Christ as you call upon Him. Amen. And it's more to it than just calling upon Him. 
in that form. But when you call upon him with all things within you. In Deuteronomy, Moses writings unto the Israelite people. And giving them instructions as they was going to the promised land. He said he instructed them how that they should worship or to call upon the Jehovah God in that time. And that was with all their soul, heart, mind, and strength. And so when you get in the New Testament, it doesn't change. Amen. But individuals that will call upon him and believing that, you know, this is not, not one of the messiahs. Amen. Because there's only one or one of the prophets. You can't believe it that way. You know, that's the same way in baptism when he gave them instructions to go and baptize all nations in his name. Amen. Just to repeat that commandment or to allow that to be part plus the name. Amen. Then you don't really believe it. Amen. Whenever you get the revelation of how to be baptized, you're, gonna, you're not going to be baptized any other way. Because that's the only way to take on his name. Amen. It's through the baptism, both of water, spirit, two elements, one baptism, all said and done, but two elements. That's the part. That's the gospel. That's the good tidings. That's what it's all about. That's what, you know, that's what we need to preach and experience Pentecost and experience. And thank God for that. Amen. Thank God for the Pentecost spirit. In fact, our writer of this lesson made mention of that toward the latter part of the lesson. We got in the book of Acts. Amen. When he talks about the Jews experience and, and then the Samaritans experience and then the Gentiles experience. Amen. All of it's an experience. Pentecost is an experience. It's not a religion. Amen. How many of you caught what uh, a good evangelist said? Yeah, he said the same thing, didn't he? I thought, praise God. That's good. Amen. It's experience. So thank God for the experience. And uh, amen. You know, I believe God's gave us some experience here this morning. He's touched it. He's touched our hearts and our lives. And he knows what we need. He knows us better than we know. Amen. And he knows what we're going to face. And he'll equip us, prepare us. If we'll just give ourselves and humble ourselves unto him. So our lesson is going to be basically on without controversy. Controversy actually means a dispute or debate or contention. It is or a public sometimes. can be a public amen between two that's prepared to debate amen. But he says the church in the church it's without that. So this is one of the areas that it shouldn't, that should never be debated in the church, not among church believers. It should never be an argument. If that's an argument, boy, we got some problems. We just thought we had some, boy, we got some real problems. <laughs> Amen. Okay. And uh, some other things we might could dispute over and fuss over, uh, certain links, certain this, certain that. But there's some doctrines that are undisputable for the church. For us to be the church and be in the church and be disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, there won't be no argument about this. And so, you know, a lot of times it would help all of us to focus maybe more on what we agree together and find uh, without question, amen, in the book. And focus on that than, than sometimes on things that maybe we don't. Because a lot of times some of those areas are not heaven and hell issues. But if we're not careful because... Just being humanity, being man, uh, want to be right, uh, it, can, it can lead, it can stir up, it can cause it to reach a place that will cause division and separation. And so you got to watch the enemy. The enemy knows how to work against us. He knows how to set snares and traps. He knows how to allow things to lodge into our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our life. And uh, to try to hinder us and to be all that God wants us to be and to be effective as the Lord has called us to be. So thank God. That's the reason the writer says be what? Sober. Be vigilant. Amen. You got to watch why you got an adversary. You got a devil. Man, it's, he's after you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to tear you down. He's looking for an opportunity to do that. Focus thought. Jesus identity. Jesus identity. Amen. If you'll notice uh, most all the writings and a lot of the focus upon the New Testament church. Amen. Was about the Messiah. It was about Jesus Christ. Jesus was the center of the preaching, the teaching, and all that went on. Uh, that went to even from the book of Acts right on through all the letters. A lot of those it still dealt, amen, with Jesus Christ and the resurrection. The resurrection. That he was who he said he was. That he was the Messiah. That he fulfilled the prophecies that had been spoken in the Old Testament. And if you remember, amen, the beginning of the New Testament did not have a New Testament. Well, you and I are privileged with Bibles. Amen. But probably most of us, I probably say, got three or four, five or six Bibles. Amen. Maybe you've got two or three different translations. And I know we don't focus on that big. Uh, I, I encourage you to use it maybe as a Bible study, but never as the Bible. If you go buy a Bible, you go buy a King James Version. If you have one, that's the one you need. Okay. Then outside of that, if you want to do some studying or whatever and use it, use it 
Always basing it off this one. Because some of them others, of course, they're, they're translations. They're not actually, a lot of those are not written a man in the sense of, of, of the importance far as the fullness of God as this one. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say there. They, some of those are just written to help maybe understand uh, terms. Uh, for instance, uh, 50 years ago, if you would used the word download, how many would really register what that meant? But today, because you say download and because of computers, you know. But, okay, so it's just uh, a method use of terms that can be understood. But the deal with that is you've got to make sure they don't use terms that preach, teach, or, again, you've got a devil. <laughs> and if they're not one God and apostolic people, even the scripture, Peter said, holy men of God was used. Not just any and everybody. They were some far more educated and far more probably had the ability to outright the apostle Peter. He was a fisherman. But yet, amen, they were not used. Now, what's this? Paul was. One that wrote the majority, some 14 letters of the New Testament, was very educated. Set under the feet of some of the most brilliant uh, minds of his day and time. So we can't say that he don't use them. Yes, he does. Get an education. By all means, get all you can get. Just don't let it become, you know. What did Brother McCoo say about it at that time? I, I like what he said. He said, get it and then forget it. Now, I don't know if you really, <laughs> how that worked. Bottom line is, don't let, it, don't let it create something in you that ought not be there. I don't, don't use it as a God. You can put your trust in it. Because a lot of these institutes and colleges and universities, believe it or not, they don't believe like we believe. And they're far from believing this. Most of them don't even believe in God. So it gets you in trouble, you know, and you'll be tested and tried. But anyway, I don't mean to get all that. We're not debating all that. We know there's God. We know there's a Messiah. I believe in Jesus. How about you? I believe in the resurrection. I believe that all power in heaven and earth has been in, in his name. Amen. That's the reason we pray. That's the reason we worship. Because we know that this God can change circumstances, situations, and outcomes. Amen. When man cannot, when man finds himself in a place that he does not have the resources, amen, to change that situation. That's, where, that's, that's, that's one of the greatest setups for God to, to step in and to demonstrate who he is and what he'll do for us as we ask him by faith. So, uh, as we go to it, Jesus' identity is without controversy and the apostolic church. The apostolic church. 1 Timothy 3.16 is a focus verse that we're going to be talking about today. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Amen. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Notice that's with a capital S. Amen. So it helps us know that's God, the Jehovah spirit. Amen. Not just man's spirit. Seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. How many of you believe all that happened? I believe that. I believe every bit of it. Now, we're, you know, we don't want to be like Thomas. Thomas, amen, you know, after the first visitation and our lesson talked about it. In fact, uh, whenever the disciples had seen Jesus and he had came to them, but Thomas had, was absent for whatever reason. Uh, and he told them, he said, hey, unless I see him for myself and put my fingers into his hand and into his side. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to believe. And guess what? Eight days later, Jesus shows up, turns all the attention to Thomas and tells him to thrust his hand in, put his hand in his palm, put his hand in his side. He said, oh. My Lord and my God. But Jesus gave him a word. He said, blessed are you because you see and believe. But what about those that have not seen but yet believe? So we're among those that have not seen. But we believe. <laughs> we believe a man in this Messiah. In this one called Jesus Christ. We know he's alive and well. We felt him today. Amen. Jesus has been in our midst, in our presence here today. Amen. To minister to us and to help us to understand the resurrection and the hope that we have in him. With all the struggles and things that we have upon this earth, we know who sits on the circle of this earth and who's looking upon us. We know who we lift our eyes to and who we called upon. Amen. When we can't find resources and answers in any other place. Hallelujah. And sometimes it may not be an answer. 
Amen. It just may be we got to trust Him and rely upon Him. Because if we got to understand everything that goes on in our lives and things of that nature, you know, then we, we, we're going to find ourselves struggling as, as Christians, as, as God-fearing people. Amen. Because sometimes, you know, we, we got to trust Him, you know, beyond our understanding. We've got to trust Him and that peace that He'll never leave us nor forsake us and He'll see us through. So as we begin to go into the lesson itself, and the writer talks about the cultural connection, I won't go into all that. Go back and read it. Talks about knee deep and silver dollars in Texas and all the great miles and knee deep. And how many would you like to have all the silver dollars? <laughs> hey Amen. I don't. They can keep the one they mark with the sharpie. <laughs> I'll take the rest of them. But anyway, no. But he's talking about chances. Chances. It's by chance. We know this is, was not by chance. You know, and he talks about the percentages. Hey Amen. You know, the coin you can flip. It's got fifty percent. Uh, he talks about. You know, if you got grandchildren, you know what I'm talking about. The, the rocks and the scissors and the paper. And, you know, you got about a 33% chance of winning that. Unless you're a little slower than they are. And you watch what they're doing and you cheat a little. <laughs> Who would do that? Nah. But anyway. Hallelujah. But, but, but that's chance. We know this is not by chance. And he, and he talks about it. He talks about one of the writers. Talks about just to fulfill eight of them. Amen. How far off that Jesus could not just to fulfill eight out of some 200 plus prophecies that's in the the Old Testament about Jesus Christ being the Messiah, and he talked about it was some quadrature which was one with 17 zeros behind a chance of that happening. And so that's the reason that has been written and given to us today to help us to understand it wasn't just by chance. Amen. So Thank God we, we can believe with a surety today that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that he is the door. That's the reason we preach and we believe there is no other. You know, they, they want to call that hate crime. They want to call this other. As you listen to a lot of people out there now that talks about God and try to put God in a place that there's a number of ways to, to, uh, uh, to reach God. But, but we see plainly by the scriptures, uh, amen, Jesus makes it clear. God himself makes it clear. There is no other way. You try to come any other way. You come as a thief and robber. He is the only door to the sheepfold. There is no other way. He is the Messiah. So. We understand that. They talked about promise, promise keepers. We talked about some of our previous presidents back in Vietnam and some of the promises they didn't keep. And, and so he gets to the promises. Now watch this. The scriptures taught us that in the Messiah, every promise is what? Yea and amen. So thank God. Man, these are resources, uh, the word of God, uh, that the enemy would love to snatch from us, take from us, rob us of. Hallelujah. But, but as we believe, he is the Messiah. He is the author and finisher of our faith. You know, he is the... the the, the consistency of the world and the existence of it all created for him, by him, and through him. We understand, hallelujah, that we live and move and have our being by him. Nothing catches him by surprise. Hallelujah. He knows it all. He sees it all. He feels all the galaxies, times, and space. Hallelujah. It's God manifest in the flesh. So as we understand this and, and get a revelation of this, we find great comfort, amen, as we talk to him, as we cry out to him, as we work on our fellowship. Work on our, our, our walk with him, our companionship with none other but Jesus Christ himself. So as we watch this, the beginning of it is it talks about the mystery of godliness. And we talk in 1 Timothy 3 and 16. Great is the mystery. Actually, there's a number of mysteries, amen, as mentioned in the Bible. Most pretty well all in the New Testament, amen, about six or seven different ones. I'm not going to bring all of them out. I would like to bring a couple out. I know I've done mention this already this morning, amen. But uh, let me just bring a few out, amen, to you today. And I won't take all the time I was going to. Uh, I'd love to go back to Colossians about 1.15 through 26. Six. I won't do that. Go take some time. You got some time. Read that, amen, because it actually comes to this in Colossians 1 and 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the, of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the reason you and I... Whenever we find ourselves in certain situations and even seasons of life... I didn't really get to focus on that as much as I like till the latter part of Wednesday night. Uh, amen. The grace. Amen. This grace gets also works. The grace of God works in our lives in the seasons of our lives. And you'll understand that. Some of you younger ones will understand that uh, 30 and 40 years from now. 
If the Lord's still tearing, you know, I don't know if I'll be here, but who's here, you can remember saying, I remember both more things I'm by now. I need that grace, amen, to deal with some things I'm dealing with. God does, he'll do that. That's the point I was trying to make with Paul, amen, when he talks about we wouldn't move that buffet, that, that, that messenger, but my grace is sufficient. In other words, it'll sustain you, it'll help you, it'll, it'll come to your aid and help you along in the journey, That's in the, the season and what you're facing and what you're dealing with. And so this is a hope, the hope of Christ in us. And so whenever I hope, as some would look at hope maybe at different areas and different uh, things and, and, and things they may have to face. And they don't have that hope of Christ. Not, you know, Paul put it another way like this. We'd be of all men most miserable if we had hope, what, only in this life. But we don't. We have a hope in the life to come. And so we can face death a lot different. We can face these circumstances and situations with greater hope than what? Those that have no hope. We have hope in what? The Messiah. Why? Because of the resurrection. Because he conquered death. And so, as it goes on from that, amen, and as we look, we got to understand mystery actually is once hidden or something that once was hidden, but now has been revealed or made known to a believer. Paul, Paul, that was the reason that, that messenger Satan was sent to him is because of the revelations that he had, amen, he didn't know if he's in the body, out of the body, spent three years, amen, with God, and God instructing him, guiding him, and after these revelations and after these experiences that this, this messenger Satan was sent to him, that he wouldn't become exalted within himself because come on come on come on Paul was just a man just as much as all of us you know the writer the Hebrew writer talks about Elijah like passion man like we are it struggle hey their, they, their flesh was no different than ours Jesus Christ's flesh was no different than ours it, it hurt hungered pained uh, tempted and things of that nature but you know what he didn't yield to none of that he conquered it through the flesh he conquered it by the weakness of flesh man couldn't fulfill the law amen so now here comes one in the likeness of it amen but yet he he didn't let sin he didn't let temptation but he conquered it amen so now you and I have hope thank God for the other power of the grace of God that will work on our behalf in this area. So mysteries, are, especially when you look in the Bible, they're not something that, uh, that can't be known or believed or responded to. No, not when you talk about mystery in this term. Amen. The answer is here. And so that's what Paul is going to enlighten to us. And, and that's what this lesson is really all about is, man, the hidden mystery, amen, of Jesus Christ as the Messiah, God in us. And then he gives us about four or five uh, uh, things that were fulfilled through Jesus Christ. And we'll talk about them toward the end of this lesson today. When you go and look at, I want to look at a couple of more before I try to move on to the other ones. This one here was, and I know I've mentioned this in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 7. Amen. For the mystery of iniquity. Again, remember now the hidden. Amen. I believe one of the greatest things the spirit of iniquity will do is hide itself. Work in a form, in a, in a manner. Come on. What happened in the garden? Paul, help us understand that. She was deceived. She was lied to. She believed possibly that she was going to do better. And it would, whatever you want to put in there. I know that's dangerous and we've heard different, you know, and some of them's good. And I don't have a problem with none of them. But uh, again, but I think it would do us good. Uh, because I believe that's one of the, the most powerful spirits that's working, working in our nation today. Believe it or not, I had a total... He wasn't a stranger, but uh, a, what I would call an unbeliever. A man uh, was in the hardware store just this week and, and made the same statement. He said, man, we, we, we have got to a place that we don't sin. We don't nothing sin. I thought, man, look at him. Out of the mouth of the enemy. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but anyway, here we go. So as we watch this, a man doth already watch this. Watch what Paul says about it when he's writing to the Thessalonians. Believe what does he say about this spirit? Doth already work only you who now letteth, letteth here. If you look it up and do a study on it, that means hinder. A man will let until he be taken out of the way. The only one that can stop the spirit of iniquity working in lives. That's the reason we gotta have the Holy Ghost to help us. That we can hinder, stop it. I'm telling you again, we're no match for the devil. You're not going to outsmart the devil. You're not going to outmaneuver with the devil. That's the reason so many people. I'm going to say this. And, and I hope it's not offensive. Because I don't, I don't mean it that way. But there's going to be a lot of more lost people. Off of so-called church chairs and pews. Than off of bar stoops. In fact. <laughs> you can go to some of them on the bar stoops. And they tell you I'm lost and undone. And you can do something with them. There's others that have walked contrary 
to the doctrines that's been taught. And I'm talking about by the book, not by me. It's in the book. Okay, that makes a difference. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so what happened? Spirit of iniquity. Carnality. Doctrines of men. Same working. To accomplish what? What's sin? Sin, the definition of sin actually is missing the mark. What's the mark? Eternal life. Companionship and fellowship with God forever. What did we lose in the garden? We lost fellowship with God. What we're trying to gain back? Fellowship with God. And to an eternal life and to a place that we'll never be in jeopardy again. Thank God for the fellowship we have here. But we got to strive. We're climbing, we're climbing up the rough side of the mountain. If you're climbing at all, you're climbing up the rough side because you can't climb up the smooth side. <laughs> well, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of our hiking, you know, you can get a rope or two, but God don't allow too many ropes. He's got about three. <laughs> okay, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. Ephesians, you can go to Ephesians and what? It fell right into what I'm just talking about. Watch this. Ephesians 5, 3 and 30. For we are members of his body and his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. This is Paul's writings. He talks about Church, us being betrothed, us as the bride, Jesus Christ as groom. And so here we are, this companionship or fellowship. And, and, and if you go to the law, and uh, time will, this is a great mystery. This is another one of those areas. But, but it's been revealed to us. It's been made known to us. We have experienced it through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, through obedience unto the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, so thank God for it. How do we gain that? Will you go back to Ephesians 3, 4, and 6? And I'll just read the sixth verse. The Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by what? By the gospel. I just mentioned. What is the gospel? The gospel is good tidings. It's the it's good news. And that's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the reason, amen, that the identity of Jesus Christ, confession, confessing who he is, amen. And he's got to be your own personal savior. And that's the reason he questioned his own disciples. Who do men say that I am? Because who you say he is is very important because he must become your savior. And But we can't call him Lord and Savior without the Holy Ghost. And this is where all this it already just entwines and works together and brings us unto that place of being who and what God called us to be as we walk upon this earth that we can that we might you know receive the benefits not upon this life but also in that one which is to come. So we thank God for that. So all this leads us as we start into the lesson itself. The Old Testament prophecy uh, that, that's predicted in, about the incarnation. We're going to go back to Isaiah 7, 7 and 14. Amen. It simply talks about this way. The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Now what this is talking about, if you go back and read that, especially if you go back into the 6th, 7th and 8th and ninth chapter Isaiah. This is a time of Ahaz. He's the king of Judah. And um, he's being attacked. He's being attacked by the king of Assyria. He's being attacked, amen, by the king Ephraim or of Israel, which was the ten northern tribes. They're coming, they're, they're confronting together to come against him, against Ahaz. And so the man of God is sent to Ahaz and to tell him, to instruct him, said, hey, he tells him about the prophecy. He tells him that how long it's going to last. In fact, amen, if you read your lesson, you'll see that he talks about the two sons that's mentioned in this particular setting of Isaiah, especially Isaiah the eighth chapter. Isaiah goes to the prophetess, amen, she has a son, calls his name, amen, and, and it gives us the revelation of what's going to unfold, what's going to happen. He tells Ahaz, amen, how long that they're going to be kings and how long they're going to rule and reign. And they're not going to be there long, as he said. In fact, amen, by the time this boy is born, and before he can say mama and daddy, amen, before evil or good, before he can say they, they're not even going to rule, they're not going to reign, they're not even going to exist. So you don't have to be afraid of them. You don't have to worry about them. You know what? We need to get a revelation. The devil's going down. 
The devil is a defeated foe. He is a liar. The lake of fire is being prepared for him, and he's going there. And he don't have no options out. You and I do through Jesus Christ as we believe in him, call upon him, submit ourselves, give ourselves unto him. Amen. And work against the spirits of iniquity, the spirits of the world, the spirits of rebellion, and things of that nature. Folks, we got to, we got to deal with all that. We were not exempt. In fact, we become the prize candidates. Hallelujah. For these spirits to attack and war against and, and hinder. Amen. Or try to derail and try to sidetrack us. Hallelujah. Why? Because we're headed somewhere. If anybody's headed somewhere, amen. It's apostolic Jesus' name. Holy Ghost filled people that's followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. That believes in him. That's obeyed him. And put their trust in him. We're going somewhere. And the grave's not going to stop us. Death is not going to stop us. Man's not going to stop us. The devil's not going to stop us. Nobody can stop the church or the power of the church. Hallelujah. It demonstrates itself. It's manifested itself. It's declared itself. By what? By the resurrecting powers of Jesus Christ. And so we're going somewhere. We're going to achieve some things. We're going to accomplish some things. And so we got great inheritance laid up for us. All we got to do is stay with it until we acclaim it and receive it. So as you watch some of this uh, really begin to unfold, you'll notice, amen, that in that uh, uh, verse, the, one of the focus verses, Isaiah 7 and 14, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. He was asking Ahaz to give a sign. He said, ask for a sign. In the depth or height, and Ahab wouldn't do it. He said, he said, he said I'm not going to tempt the Lord. I think there's more to it. If you study back a few chapters, you ought to read where Ahaz had went to, uh, to uh, uh, anyway, Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, Lord have mercy. Damascus. He went to Damascus, and when he got there, he was seeing their altars, seeing how they was built. And he, he called his priest, and he, he sent him a pattern of that altar, and had that altar put in the tabernacle, and moved the altar of God to the northern side of that tabernacle. I'm going to tell you something. When you start fooling with your altar life, it's going to show up. It's going to show up in your spiritual life. It's going to show up in a lot of other areas. Hallelujah. You know the reason some churches backslide? They started letting things happen to the altars. If you don't let the altars out of your church and you use them on a regular basis, it'll keep everything else in line. But if you forsake the altars and forsake prayers, forsake, amen, crucifying and putting yourself on the altars on a regular basis, you know what? You're going to start having some troubles in some other areas. And that's the same way with Ahab. You know, he wasn't on a tree. Amen. He knew he hadn't been doing right and doing right. Amen. Because if you're walking with God right and you're doing what's right, you're not afraid because we know this God can do a silly abundantly above. We heard it Sunday night. Amen. What we can think or ask. We know if it's of His will, we wouldn't be hesitant. In fact, we're encouraged in times of need. Amen. To come to the throne of grace that we might attain mercy and receive grace. Hallelujah. Because of our infirmities and our struggles and things of that nature. We believe in this Messiah that He'll work for us. But Ahaz would not do it. He would not ask for a sign. So you know what? Isaiah said, well, the Lord will give you a sign. There's going to be a virgin that's going to give birth to a child. It takes us right on. It goes on. It goes into the uh, Isaiah 9 and 6. And we see there how that a son and a child is born and given. Amen. For this purpose and for this reason. And so we watch all this. It begins to really just tie in. Amen. As you go to Matthew. The, uh, and you'll see in the Matthew the first chapter. And you watch the chronological orders of Matthew and Luke. Of what's unfolding. What's taking place. But also. Amen. As you watch this in Matthew 1 and 18. We hear this a lot. Especially during the Christmas season. Christmas time, as we, 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 we see the plays and things of that nature, as it unfolds what really happened or transpired. It may not be the right date and things of that nature, but thank God it happened. Amen. And I'm always thinking, you know what? All you folks, you got to wake up and realize, amen, that you know, you can't, you can't, if you give any knowledge to it at all, you got to admit there was a Savior born. And then you got to pay attention to how he was born and where he came from. And when you start really paying attention to all this, you begin to see what, what Isaiah was prophesying about, what he gave unto Ahaz, what unfolded about this Messiah, about about fulfilling the prophecies about him. Amen. So that's one reason so amazing to us. That how the Jews had missed him. But again God's hand was in that. God blinded them for a season. For a purpose. For a reason. Thank God for us. Thank God for that. Gentiles. We ought to be thankful. Amen. This is where we grafted in. This is where we brought in. And so when you look at Matthew 1 and 18. You're going to start begin to see where the Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ. And how that Mary. Amen. Expassed to Joseph. And she was found. What? With child. Uh, 
of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So when he talks about a virgin, amen, we're adult enough, we understand what, what's being unfolded, what's taking place in who overshadowed Mary was the Holy Ghost. She didn't know any man. She finally looks at the, the angel, the Gabriel that came to her and said, hey, you know, kind of questioning, how's this going to work out? I don't know a man. And, she, you know, he said, well, at thy word, I just take it thy word and you're going to work it out. And so this happened and we know with Joseph how that he was a good man and, and you know, a just man and he didn't want to be an embarrassment to Mary, just going to put her away privately. But guess what happened? The Bible, the lesson talks about the angels that visit him. That's part of your focus verse. Amen. Angels, amen, came. And so we know an angel, amen, gave Joseph a visit. Hallelujah. And got him straight and get him to understand, amen, that Mary's not that way, amen, by man, but she's that way by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And that she's got that thing that she's going to have is going to be holy. And it's a child. It's going to be Emmanuel, God with us. And we go back to Isaiah, amen. And he talks about in that same chapter, Emmanuel, God with us. God's the one that's going to help us fight the battles. God's the one that's going to help us be the overcomers. That's the reason we want God's presence and God's touch. That's the reason Moses said, amen, after dealing with the people, coming back down on the side of that mountain, going back up and converting with God, amen. And I didn't get on that Wednesday night. I wanted to, but, but Moses converted him and talked to him, hey, without your grace, God, and without your presence, I'm not going to make one step. I'm not going to lead this people. But you know what? With your grace and with your presence, I'll lead this great flock of people, amen, in the wilderness, across Red Seas, and wherever you want to go. Because with your grace and with your presence, I can do all things. If I can just find the grace of God, the presence of God, and walk therein, I tell you, we can be victorious. We can have the revival. We can have whatever God, amen, wants to give us in Bendale, Mississippi. So as we watch this, as it, it begins to uh, unfold and take place, and uh, there, there's, there's a lot to this lesson, it really is. Uh, as, as we see how the church, and, and it becomes identified to us, and, and we begin to take note of certain things and certain happenings, that would take place. And so if you don't mind, I'm just going to use a few of the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, uh, about some of this and how you and I should believe and how we should respond of the identity of Jesus Christ as the Messiah. There's no other name given. There is no other Savior. Even God himself says, I know no other God. There's none beside me or likened unto me. He is the only Savior. This is where we get into that place, amen, as the man, God, manifested in the flesh called Jesus Christ. That's the reason, amen, Jesus did not have an earthly father. He had a heavenly father, okay? Galatians 4 has taught us when the appointed time of Pentecost, the appointed time, amen, which child was birthed and given. All of this prophecy being fulfilled and unfolding. We haven't built upon something that's man-made. We haven't built upon something. You know, I've heard people talk about it and different ones saying, well, you can't explain the Trinity. That's right. You can't explain it. Because it don't exist. That's the reason you can't explain it. Huh. But you know what? We can explain the mystery of godliness. It's Christ in us. The hope of glory. It's Christ in us that anoints us, bless us. And even when we walk in error, we can humble and bow ourselves and confess and get it washed and get back, back on course, back on line. Godliness in this present world by His grace. And so as we watch some of this in Philippians 2 and 9, truly the name of Jesus, amen, is what? Wonderful. We know that Isaiah talks about this, that who is going to be called, amen, in Isaiah 9 and 6. And so as we look at this, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and what? Give him a name which is above every name. God. Notice who gave the name in Paul's writings here. It wasn't that Jesus took it on. Now watch this. Joseph and Mary did not get to name their firstborn child. Second thing. Joseph knew not Mary until after the birthing of Jesus Christ. The scripture's plain on that. Okay? I'm just not being too plain. I'm being plain enough. You got people's all kind of doctrines out there. They want to talk about all kind of other relationships. And that's a bunch of junk. That's carnal minds looking for excuses, amen, to get by with their own sins. Instead of just simply repenting and saying, you know what? That's not of God. That's of myself and of the devil. I'm going to repent and get it right with you, God, and get it right in the Word of God. That's the best approach. That's the best way to do it. Amen. And you know what? We all find ourselves there. 
But anyway, just watch this. He said, above every name, that the name of Jesus that every knee shall bow and the, the, of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. All the areas, all the atmospheres that you can think about. Amen. Every, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Every knee is going to bow that Jesus Christ is the one. Amen. So we understand this by Philippians 2, 9 and 11. When you go and look at him as the counselor, you can look at John 14, it's 26 and 28. But the comforter, amen. Now, now watch this, a comforter. Hello, you know, some people pay great money for a counselor. I admit I'm not a good counselor. I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the touch of God and all that good stuff to quicken my mind, fill my mouth and help me. And so the best counseling you can get is right here in this pulpit. I'll just be honest with you. The best counseling you can get, watch this. It's just like in this service we was in a while ago. This movement of the Holy Ghost. You know what it does? It moves on the individual and the one that needs to receive it. God works on both sides. So a lot of times the best counseling you get is when that individual walks up to you and says, Hey, God just told me to tell you this. Hey, I just got a word for you. It works a whole lot better. Well, praise God. Can I say this? I'm going to say this. It probably won't go over good, but I'm going to say it. Sometimes that office counseling, you got to worry about too much flesh. On both sides of the desk. I'm just being honest. Okay? So the best thing to do, amen, is get here with the atmosphere of the power of God. And the anointing God's moving. Amen. And let it work. Gift of prophecy. Gift of tongues. Interpretation. Is that not in the body of Christ? Huh? Gift of knowledge, gift of wisdom, gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of working of miracles. That's what was taking place. That's what was happening. You can't top that. You can't beat it. Now, now, now flesh and carnally, things like that, don't quite understand all that. I don't understand all that. We don't have to. But you know what? Faith and respond is what, anyway, I don't need to get on all that. Counselor, watch this. John 14 and 26 and 28. Comforter, which, watch this, watch the comfort which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I shall have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to, to you, not as the world giveth, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be ye afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, he would rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. I'm going to my Father. Guess what? Watch it. They didn't need the Holy Ghost as long as Jesus is here. But when he ascended, that's part of the scriptures. When he ascended and they saw him ascend. And as they watched him ascended up, they was probably, you know, maybe was, you, know, you ever been there seen? Uh, shut your mouth. And all of a sudden, Angel said, why are you standing here gazing up? He's coming back in like manner. They made their way to Jerusalem to fulfill what he had instructed them to do. Go tarry and wait on the promise of the Father. Which is what? It's the Holy Ghost. It's comforter. Which is the counsel. The greatest counselor you got for your soul is the Holy Ghost. Break out, Holy Ghost. Break out, Spirit. If you break out my life, if you'll just break out my family, you could tear down some walls that I can't tear them down anyway. And you can build some walls that I can't build. You can, you can give me some victories that I don't seem to have the words. But if I get the Holy Ghost to break out, if I get the comfort to begin to guide me and speak to me and put that peace inside of me, Matthew 28, I know I didn't mention this, but this is where the Messiah is revealed in the part of the New Testament. Amen. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Who's it given to? It's given to Jesus Christ. All power in heaven and in earth. We're the only the followers and believers of Jesus Christ is the only ones that can contend with the prince of this air at all. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you humble yourself in the name of Jesus and you war against the enemy. Or when you start turning to Jesus and you start calling upon him. That's when the devil's going to work his hardest. That's when the spirits of this world. In some time of even of people. That will work against you the hardest. Because they don't want you to experience the revelation of this truth. But all power in heaven and earth has been given. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you even unto the end of the world. The authority, the government, the power, there's no end to this kingdom. We understand that. We realize that. As the Messiah, we believe that. As the everlasting Father, he said in John 10 and 30, he said, I come in my Father. He said, I and my Father are one. I and my Father were one. Amen. We're not two and three. That's not four. John 1 and 14 says, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank God for that grace and truth. So we understand this without controversy in the body, in the apostolic, in the, in the church. We don't have no. That's a reason. You know what? If anybody ought to be in unity, it'll be us. We believe in one head, don't we? We believe in one Father. We believe in one name. We believe in, actually, one baptism, two elements, water and spirit. Praise God. And so as you go through these scriptures and watch this really begin to unfold as it talks about Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Amen. All this work together. Comfort leads us. It guides us. And, and time's not going to allow me to cover all of that. I'd like to, but uh, I would like to bring out a few things. Amen. When it begins to talk about, especially the latter part of this lesson, we talked about angels already some. Amen. We know there was justifying the spirit. That means, amen, uh, proved by the spirit, by the word. Jesus Christ himself said, these are not my words. These are not my works. They're my fathers. Amen. These things, amen, the, the spiritual realm, and how he worked and how he operated. But I want to carry you to the last part of the lesson. Amen. Because I, I know my time is already about 12 o'clock. So I want you to carry it. something the writers brought out. I've, I've never observed this, never heard this. Maybe if I did, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Man, I'm not saying what never said in my presence. I just didn't hear it. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> Praise God. So anyway, received up into glory. Did you read that? Did you, anybody, man, when he talked about Enoch and he talked about Elijah and the glory of how both of them was ascended up and how they was carried up and, and the glory and how they, what they represented and how they pleased God and was pleasing to him and they was caught up, caught away. Look what the writer says about this. Amen. It's the latter part. I'm just going to go to the latter part of it because it's about the significance or about the importance, amen, of these events. He says, two significant events projected onto Jesus' ascendance were by what? Number one, by Jesus' ascent into heaven, God declared that the ministry of Jesus had what? Been accepted with the works, amen, of the only legitimate Messiah. He was accepted when he is ascended. Come on, folks, you can't ascend up. Watch this. We're not just going to ascend up. We're going to be what? First what? Transform. Gonna be changed. This old body's gonna put on a new body, all in the thinking of an eye. And we're gonna ascend caught away. I'm not I'm not real, I know it's all gonna happen. I, I would have just a changing uh, you know, I, I've often wondered, you know, that would just be amazing, you know, if you're just ascending up. You got by one of them jets, and when them jets go by you about that time, and you just kinda Hey boys, how you doing? One of them first flyers, you know, they got your nose pressed to the window and they're looking out. <laughs> you kind of go up to them and look at them and go, adios. <laughs> Sending up. So we, we understand as you go back to the Old Testament, two people that you can only read in the Old Testament this happens to. And then the second one talks about the ministry. The ministry of Elijah and how that ministry continued and a double portion to Elisha. Uh -huh. What are we supposed to be doing? As we stand in this house this morning, I, I appreciate you. You've been so good. You've been so kind. You responded well this morning. And, and, and I thank you. And I'm not going to wear you out. But now that second part. Would you take on the ministry of Jesus Christ? The witnessing. Go back to Acts 2 and 1 and 8. And folks, uh, time didn't allow us this morning. But he took us even through the book of Acts. 
about the Messiah, about Jesus, about the gospel, what happened, what happened to the Jews, what happened to the Samaritans, what happened to the Gentiles. I mean, the plan of salvation, how they all experience and born and receive power after what? After the Holy Ghost come upon them. The ministry of Jesus Christ, folks. How many of you caught, Brother Randy, I was talking to Store this week. How many of you caught what the evangelist said? I, I've made it. How many caught what he said doing greater works? Those greater works are what? Laying hands on them and they shall receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lay hands on the sick and they shall. Picking up serpents. Not personally, I don't believe that's a fair. I think that's more of a spiritual. We can handle devilish things a whole lot better than the world and carnality can. I don't care what anybody says. Our method and way, led by the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God, can handle it and make the outcomes a whole lot better than what the world and flesh has to offer. The ministry of Jesus Christ. The peace, it's, it's, it, it, that's, you know, children of God, it's peacemakers. Think about it. In fact, Paul's writings about, said some, that some always cause and discord and this and separate yourself from them. People that want to cause discord in the body. Better check what spirit you are. Visions, separation. You don't find that in the ministry of Jesus Christ. But you find peace and love and working together. And, and, and even to the point, Paul's writings, to take wrong sometimes. I'll take it. I'll take the blame. I'll take it. For unity's sake, for the gospel's sake, so church can move on. The ministry. Double portion. Elisha got a double portion. Mm-hmm. He said, we could do greater things, folks. Let's be vessels of God. Let's be servants of the Lord. I know we got obligations, responsibility, and we have to deal with this world and deal with a lot of things in this world. But you know what? Don't let it, none of it rob you of being a Christian. Of being Christ-like. A Christian is being Christ-like. God, I want to be Christ-like. More than anything else in this world, God, I want to be Christ-like. I want to walk in your spirit, your light, and your truth. I want to help others. I want them to know there it's a better way. There's a better road. Brother Brady sings that song. There's a voidness in you that can be filled up. But, but he's the one. I, but, I can, but I can point you to one that can. That's, that's the ministry. That's the working of God through us. The power of God. The love of God. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. God bless you. No service tonight. We'll see you Wednesday night. If not tonight, God bless you or tomorrow. God bless you. Appreciate you. Yes, anybody that don't know, it's going to be at uh, Brother Jordan's. It's at the Hurley Pentecostal Church. Uh, that's 612. What is that? 614. Yes. 614. It's on the right. Brother Hamilton's church. Some of you may remember Brother Hamilton. You can't miss it, really. Just go through Way the River Road or go down 63 Way. Take that road to the left. It's right there on the right. You won't miss it. It's probably, oh, I ain't never measured four, five, six, seven, eight miles. Hey, I don't know. I hate to say that because I mess you up. Uh, I do. If you go all the way to the other one, you went too far, you got to come back. Turn around and come back, okay? It's not far. It's really not on the right. So if you want to go, uh, let me tell you this. Let me put this because... And we're not sure how this is going to play out ourselves. They're saying they're going to from 6 to 7 sing in inspiration. So I'm going to leave that up to you what time. you If you're going to try to go, you, you may want a little pass. We've got to be there before that. But, but anyway, I don't know what that's going to consist of. But I'm, so I'm just telling you ahead of time. So if you walk in and they're up singing and doing. and I guess find a place to sit. I don't know. If you want to sing, get in line. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I know. I just I, okay. Try to let you know ahead of time. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.